0: Welcome to Unity of Tucson. So, so blessed, so blessed, so blessed, yes. Stories, 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 lots of stories, yes. I tell myself lots of stories all the time. One of the stories that I tell myself, and this is one thing that I actively work on in my spiritual practice, is letting go of anything from the past, and that can be a challenge. Anyone ever have that experience of challenge, letting go of things from the past? Many years ago, gosh, probably about 15 years ago now, I was in a workshop, and there was a participant in this workshop with me who quoted a minister friend of theirs. And boy, this is a quote that I have carried with me since then and will carry with me into eternity because it so resonates with my soul. And it really speaks to how challenging it may feel sometimes to let go of these things from the past. The quote goes like this. I have often found that when we are poised and ready to move past something once and for all, it fights like hell to stay in our experience and maintain its hold on us. And then the quote ends like this It's the last gasp of a dying fear. Yeah. I have often found that when we are poised and ready to move past something once and for all that fights like hell to stay in our experience and maintain its hold on us, it's the last gasp of a dying fear. There are things that we hold on to so strongly. And they sometimes benefit us. They don't always benefit us but I am ready once and for all to let go of the things that no longer benefit my thriving in this thing called life. And it all comes down to the stories we tell ourselves all the time, no matter what. Here's the thing, no matter what, we are always telling stories, just like you say, we're always telling stories. So it really does beg the question, as you, as you experience through the telling of her story in the song, are we gonna tell these stories or are we gonna tell these stories? Because whatever story we are telling is, the, is rooted in a belief system within, and that is what is showing up as the construct of our lives. So there was a story that was being told for 20 years. I'm gonna go back, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about a, a 20-year-old story. And I'm not talking about the 20-year-old story that you might think I'm talking about yet. Because we are, we are having the experience of a 20-year story. Story, right? But in 1983, in 1983, there was a story that was 20 years old that I heard all the time, all over the place. And it was rooted in this question Do you remember where you were when JFK was assassinated? That was the big press, like, that was the big story, right? That JFK was assassinated in 1963, and in 1983, people were still asking the question, do you remember where you were? And everybody says, I know exactly where I was. I remember exactly what I was doing when I heard the news. Right? That story doesn't really hold so much anymore for us, does it? Because we have another story that we've moved on to. Because I guarantee you, if you are of a particular age to have remembered where you were on September 11th, 2001, I could ask you, do you remember where you were on September 11th, 2001? And you would probably across the board be able to say, I remember exactly what I was doing, exactly where I was, and exactly the reaction I was having to it in the moment. Because here's the thing, in 1983, I didn't have a connection to that event. I was too young, sorry. I was too young to have a connection to that event, but it was a story that became part of my story, and we do that too, right? We take on the stories of other people, and we adopt them in some way as our own. So it makes me wonder about the people who are below the age of 20 now, who are buying into the stories that we are telling about what happened 20 years ago yesterday and to what degree are they adopting them as their own story in some way, and how is that unfolding in the experience and expression of their lives? We are a generation removed from the events that occurred on 9-11, 2001, an entire generation. There are those who will have little connection except in the stories that they are told, and there are those who can tell you exactly where they were and what they were doing when it happened or when they found out about it. There are two things that I am passionate about. Two things that I am incredibly passionate about in my life. I am incredibly passionate about spiritual community and I am incredibly passionate about spiritual education. Because I believe that the way we lessen the effect of the past story is to develop spiritually based life skills. And for me, I have found the path to doing that through spiritual community, being with like minds, and spiritual education, studying principles that I can put into practice in my life. That's how I have come to shift my entire perspective. Because 20 years ago, I did not have the tools to handle from a spiritual perspective what was being experienced. I like to think now I'd be a lot better at handling it, but I don't know. I can't say that for sure. People find themselves in spiritual community And this this may resonate with some of you. You may find yourself joining a spiritual community or showing up on a Sunday, even if you've never been here before, showing up to find God, right? Because there must be something more, especially in the wake of tragedy. There must be something more. How do I reconcile the grief and the tragedy and the experience of that which was with who I am? understand myself to be and my relationship to that which seems greater than me so people come to spiritual community searching for God and then they come to a place like this see everybody's laughing because they know what the punchline is right you find yourself in a place like unity and in unity we stand up and we say it's all God all of it The good, the bad, the ugly, because we are the ones who assign the adjectives good and bad to things. It's all simply the power unfolding itself. There is no man out there. So when we search for God, ultimately what is it we find? We find ourselves. We find ourselves if we are open to it. That's what we find. Because it's not the church where God resides, it's not a building. It's not even the planet, it's the universe. It's the universal wholeness. And that which is beyond, which we, well, that which we can see and feel and touch and taste and experience. It is the core behind the experience. That's what God is. The space where you are, no matter where you are, is a space that is sacred and holy. God is not found just within these walls. God is found here. And that's how I have come to be able to release the stories of the past and let go of their hold on me and find myself really adopting a deeper understanding and experience and expression of that mission that we carry here. Love only, forgive everything, remember who you are. You know, you alluded to the idea that sometimes it's not easy, right? That's not easy always. It's it's simple statements, love only, forgive everything, remember who you are. But when you get to the core of it, simple is not always easy. And so what we find is that as what 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 I can invite you to find within your own heart is the ease that allows a deeper understanding of those principles and chew them up and really explore them and say, what does it really mean to me to love only? What does it really mean to me to forgive everything? That's a hard one for a lot of people because I, 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 and I'm not asking for a show of hands, but if I were, I would bet that a majority of the people in this room and online, if I said, is there something in your life that you have not forgiven? I bet the majority of the hands would go up. And I hold myself to that. There are things in my life that I'm still working through to forgive as long as we're on the path, we will find the resolution. And so keep working at it, keep doing it, keep crossing that threshold. Keep crossing that threshold, and keep crossing that threshold. And remember who you are. You could ask the question, who are you? And there would be as many answers as there are people who hear the question. And that's such a good thing because God is expressing itself by means of each and every one of you, by means of each and every one of us uniquely. And how glorious is it that we are each unique in our expression, which is why last week I talked all about the ways we try to conform and to really let that go, let go of the conformity. So right here, right where you are, the wholeness of God is expressing by means of you. Right where you are is sacred, and you carry that sacred space wherever you go. God is always present, no matter what. We are the power we seek in places like this. We are that power. So people come to these communities, they come to these churches, and there's a philosophy that we offer, but why do they stay? They stay because of the community. They stay because of the comradeship, because of the shared interest. And I'm grateful for those who choose to stay and move through this thing together because you know what? We're all in this together. I really did just quote High School Musical. (laughs) (laughs) We're all in this together. It's one of the things that I keep rediscovering In every community that I have been a part of, I keep rediscovering that magnificent bond that can be created through the understanding of who we are. That there is absolutely no separation between me and the infinite. There is no separation between you and the infinite. And as we resonate and understand more profoundly the interconnectedness of all life, then how could we ever consider the isms and the phobias being part of our experience? Because when I know who I am wholeheartedly and I recognize who you are wholeheartedly and vice versa, when you know who you are wholeheartedly and when you know who all people you encounter are wholeheartedly, well then we've eliminate, we have eliminated that which leads to isms and phobias. That's a great benefit to me of being on a spiritual path. There will always, 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 I think, be a need for gathering spaces. And I'm grateful for the gathering spaces where we can explore these ideas. We are on a consistent path of deepening. You know, the thing is, it's funny, it's like we talk about, oh, we wanna reach enlightenment. But what does that really mean? Means shining our light more brightly, but knowing that there's always more light to shine because it's consistent unfoldment. It never ceases to be. In spaces like this, we learn to engage deepening purposefully. Part of that is being willing to cross that threshold of what was, the stories, and move into what will be the vision. If we are here to, as our vision statement offers, be awakened to the magnificence of all that is, to all people understanding who they are, if we are truly engaged in crossing the threshold into the expression of that vision, then we have to let go of the ways in which we demean or hold people down or consider them less than including ourselves. We have to stop demeaning ourselves, putting ourselves down. We must cross that threshold from the stories to the vision. And accept that we are ultimately the living embodiment of that threshold because we're always in the in-between place. We're always in between the stories we are telling and the vision we hold for our future. We're always in this here and now moment. We are never not in the in-between space. The expression of who we are, the expression of who we are when we move past the stories is how we will decide collectively if we are building a better world. It's hard not to think deeply about the events of 9-11, right? And let's face it, you could not turn on the television yesterday if you chose to turn on the television yesterday. You could not turn on the television without being bombarded by that story. Because 20 years, that's a big milestone. But here's my question. Is anybody turning on the television and talking about the events of 9-12? Where were we the next day? Where were we the next day? Because here's what I think happened. There was an emergence that unfolded the next day and has continued and continued and continued. We've learned the stories of the heroes and the helpers, and those are the things I think we should be focused on. What happened on 9-12? That's crossing the threshold from the story and allowing the vision to take over. For me, it begs the question, when we step up and step out into the experience and expression of our wholeness, Who and what will we truly be? Now, you've heard me say, fundamentally, we can be nothing other than divine presence. We can be nothing other than God. We can be nothing other than infinite spirit expressing as us. But do we truly know it? Do we truly embody and express that in everything we do? Are we living the life of the emergence of the heroes and the helpers on 912, or are we going to be rooted and stuck in 911? I'm actually really grateful that the 12th of September landed on a Sunday this year, because it does allow us to say, I don't need to be stuck in that any longer. We get to decide who we are in this shift. Will we be the ones who welcome a new world, or will we be the ones who are stuck in the past and fight a new world? Will we be the ones who express more love, more light, more life, more compassion as we progress? And it is about progress to progress without regression. The the moment we lay claim to the stories of our past, we are holding back our progress. It is not to say that we should not have learned from that, but once we learn, we must take what we have learned and evolve into what is to be. And that unfolds magnificently through the work we do in the world. In James chapter 2, it is said, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. But here's the thing, a lot of people take that and they say, I must be doing the work. But faith precedes the work. Faith precedes the work. The works must be born of the faith. And so our work in spiritual practice is to engage in the practice and allow that which is to be to unfold from the practice. That's another form of crossing the threshold. Prayer should impel action. That's why whenever we have challenges in life, in this philosophy we teach, pray first. Pray first. Come to that deepest understanding of the truth of who you are. Number three, remember who you are. Pray first and allow the impulse of spirit to inform the action. Prayer should impel action, not the other way around. So ask the question today and every day, and this is really how I choose to cross the threshold today. Ask this question today and every day, how can I help? How can I help? Don't just ask it directed outwardly either, but be willing to look within. How can I help myself? Because the degree to which I help myself is the degree to which I live in the capacity to help others. Ask your inner life and find the way and the willingness to serve and perhaps even be willing to serve in new ways, unexpected ways, ways that will stretch and push against the limits of your comfort zone. That is crossing the threshold, crossing the threshold from comfort, cross that threshold to go beyond your comfort zone moving through that liminal space from what was the known to what will be the unknown and allowing the freedom of discomfort to be okay. That's the last gasp of a dying fear, that discomfort. I'll say it again, I have often found that when we are poised and ready to move past something once and for all, it fights like hell to stay in our experience and maintain its hold on us. It's the last gasp of a dying fear. This month's theme is communion. As a community, those words are essentially the same. Communion implies a reliance upon one another. And so I'll just remind you that none of us is alone in this experience of life. And so if you feel separate or solo or alone, you have a place to reach out to. You have a spiritual family that you can call upon. I am someone you can call upon. Know who your tribe is. In the lyric, Stories, stories, stories rattling in my mind. (laughs) Gosh, I've experienced a lot of that. Getting rid of crazy stories that keep me small in mind. Letting go of those stories of guilt, doubt, and blame. I am done with sorry stories and playing mind games. I'm done letting it go. How about you? You ready to let go of those stories today? You ready to step and cross through that threshold from the level of comfort through past your comfort zone and say, yes, I am here. I know who I am. I embody love only. I embody the infinite forgiveness of spirit. And I am here to be of service. How can I help? Truly release those stories. Let us make that commitment today to truly release the stories, to find ways to be of service, to deepen in faith prayerfully, and then be impelled into action and find the answer to that question. How do I cross the threshold? How can I help? I guess those are two questions. Oh, well. (laughs) That's the message. Cross that threshold today. Ask the question, how can I help? And then act upon the answer. Peace and blessings to you. You are magnificent. So the homework today, the homework today is to take a deep dive into your heart and consider new ways to be of service. Not from a sense of obligation, but as an affirmation of faith. And in prayerful consideration this week, and I really do mean that, in prayerful consideration this week, ask the question, how can I help? And then even more important, act upon the answer that is uncovered. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz.